have celebrated Jesus this morning. Amen. Thank God for his presence here and for enabling us to do that. I hope you've seen the Lord in a different way today. I have more than I expected. We do this every week, don't we? And it can be in our blood. It can be in our routine. It can be something we do. Uh, But praise God that he surprises us from time to time (laughs) and reminds us of truths, uh, not only that we process intellectually and take from here as reminders, but that that really get into us and alter uh, who we are and who we want to be. Praise God for Jesus this morning. I'll direct your attention, if you will, to the book of Ephesians in the New Testament of your Bible, Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, This is a letter, uh, as many books of our New Testament are, a letter, in this case written by the Apostle Paul to a church at Ephesus and maybe even likely a group of churches. It may have been a circular, it circulated around, uh, but these churches had common needs. They were Gentiles, and what that means is they were outside of the historic family of God. These were those who were rejected by the Jewish faith. Uh, who were pushed out and, and uh, told they have no access to God. And along comes Jesus and sheds his blood abroad. And a mystery is revealed that, that God is extending salvation to all humankind. God has come and has said uh, that all men who p- would place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who would put the weight of their life upon his word and what he's done on their behalf, that there is salvation for them. And these Gentiles who were abject pagans in the world took hold of this promise and became Christians. And the Apostle Paul writes a letter to them, a loving letter to assure them of what God has done on their behalf. He, it's a word of assurance. And all through the first few chapters, he is uh, visiting them with the most exalted language that you can imagine about what God has done for them in Christ how secure they are, how strongly they are held, what a future promise they have in the Lord Jesus. And in the middle of this book, he turns a corner or turns a page, and he says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling. What that means is there ought to be some correspondence. Uh, We ought to be able to see some linkage between the grandness of what we've sung about today and what our choir has led us in. There ought to be some linkage to the grand love of God and what happens in your conduct, in your attitude, in your life, particularly starting within the household of faith. The Bible tells us in Ephesians we're to walk in the Spirit. We're to walk in love toward each other. The Bible tells us in, in Ephesians Uh, that we are to uh, have an attitude of submission to one another, that we even uh, elsewhere in God's Word, it tells us to to consider one another more important than ourselves, right? Uh, We are to be different. And we've walked through what that means in several ways. The Bible's given us uh, some instruction on relationships within the household between a husband and a wife. And now it brings us to... um, the relationship between parents and their children. So our title today is simply Obey Your Parents. Obey Your Parents. That's what the Bible tells us to do, a simple message. And we're going to read this together in just a moment. Parents, 
Our kids need you. They need us as parents. They're not formed into this world, coming into existence, having everything they need. And ready to obey, I might add. You may have noticed that. They don't come ready to do this. They need us. They need us not to let them lead, not to let them enforce. They need us to lead. They need us to say. They need us to expect from them the obedience that God's Word declares in order to impart to them the wisdom of God for when they're grown. And when we don't do that, something bad happens in our world. My son, Reese, um, uh, was in the office with me here at the church, and he's older now, but at that time he was a little bit younger, and he, I was getting some work done. He was, uh, you know, trolling around and uh, messing around and making labels on the label maker and things that kids do, and uh, he opened up a cabinet in what is now Miss Laura's office, and it was full of paper. I mean, just reams and reams of, of, of paper. He said, Dad, what's all this paper? I said, that paper's just for our bulletins. It's for everything we have. And he just, it's like a light bulb went off in his brain. I mean, he, it's like a genius moment happened. He said, why do you buy all this paper when you could just make copies of this one right here, you know? Uh, I thought that is, I really thought that was genius, Reese. Uh, I guess the little boy part of me thought, yeah, you know, he's going to be something great. Uh, and, but we know better, don't we? And that was an authentic moment. I mean, that, that, he wasn't kidding. And in his mind, for a flash, that, that connected. You can make endless copies of this blank sheet and never have to buy paper again. It just uh, spit out the copy machine over and over again. Children need parents. They need us. Now, that's a silly example, but so very much they are brought into the world not having that we are not only responsible to give them, but under God, by his word, parents, we are obligated to give them. And that comes with structuring our households, being the decision makers and the shot callers, not only for our personal selves, but for them as well. Really, so long as they are under our roof. Is this about babies? No, it's not about babies. The word we're going to read for children is uh, different from the word for infants or little ones. This word refers to anyone, any of your offspring, who is under your continued care, in your household, eating your food, right? Uh, those are still your children. And in our world today, we need to know that because the length of time that many uh, are still in the household is, is growing. And th this applies to those who are under our provision and care until they are in a place of adulthood on their own. That's the, the, um, the role of obedience is for them. The role to honor in verse 2 of this text that we'll read, the, the role to honor our father and our mother is for all of us, for all time, insofar as we're able, right, to honor our father and our mother. And just as much as parents have the duty, I'm telling you, the biblical duty to order their households that way, children, my little friends, you have the responsibility to obey. Let's read this together. Verse 1. Short few verses. 
Children, not little children, the word is different. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is in quotations in my Bible. Likely it is in yours too because it's a reference back to Exodus 20, to the fifth of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment of the Ten Commandments, the first commandment with a promise that it may go well for you and that you may live long in the land. How does God want us to see this resurrection life, all that he has gained for us at such a cost, all that he showered and lavished upon us, how does he want to see this working itself out and making a difference in the parent-child relationship? There are four patterns I want us to look at quickly. The first is this. We see in here the need to obey. This is put quite plainly, isn't it? I mean, parents, or for children, rather, obey your parents. I mean, it's right there. Simple. It's not elaborated on because it doesn't have to be elaborated on. It's like saying, don't kill someone. I mean, we pretty much get that. Obey your parents. That's the order of the world. It's a simple but powerful command, a very serious command. It's serious because of its wording from one. We've been working with a couple of words, and, and last uh, time we were together, we talked about the word submit. Wives, submit to your husbands. Remember that. The word is hypotasso, the Greek word, the original language that uh, God's word was written in. Hypotasso, like a hypodermic needle, goes underneath the skin, right? You go get a shot under. Hypotasso is to order oneself under authority or under rank. And between a husband and a wife, there is that ordering, but it's very relational. We translate the word hypotasso as submit. Um, it is relational. It is loving. It is personal. But when we get to the word obey for children here, it's a different word. Hypoacuo. Hypo, again, like a hypodermic needle under the skin. We're ordering ourselves in relationship under something, but not under authority or under that relationship it's under command. The word akuo is where we get our word acoustics from, right? The, 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 the way sound travels in a room. Order yourself, children, obey your parents, order yourself underneath their word. Do what they what? Say. Now, there are situations in our broken world where that's impossible to do. Because your parents are wanting to lead you into sin. That's possible that a parent would abuse, would lead, would expect sinful or illegal behavior from a child. And maybe in this very room on a, on a bright Sunday morning, there may be those sitting here saying, Matthew, I, I just don't see how this can apply to me. It very well may not. But those are the exceptions. And in a right-ordered family, in a Christian family, we are to submit, we are to order ourselves, children are to order themselves under the spoken directives, the akuo of their parents. And that's just the reality. It's a serious command. But it's serious because of our context too, our modern context. We live in a world that is uh, totally against the family, 
a, a sin-sick world wants to transform and turn upside down the families in every way. And I guarantee you the author of sin wants to do the same thing. Satan himself would love to come against the family. The Mother's Day section at Walmart has cards uh, for, uh, that say things like this. They're, they're, they're non-gender specific cards. One of them says two moms is better than one. One says you're the best dad who's a mom, right? The, the world wants to come against the family in every way. It wants fathers to be weak and demoralized and spiritually vacant so that you have nothing to offer your family so that they grow up in the same sorry condition as, as, a, as a, a sinful father does. That's what Satan wants for your family. It wants mothers who are just stretched to the limit that they can give no attention to the rightful things of God because our economy, because our materialism is so taking out of us what we ought to be putting into our families. That's what Satan wants. And that's what a sin-sick world wants. And we live in a world today where Satan would love for the children to lead. For children to be so deified in the household that we don't draw any lines, that we do as they lead us to do. A world where fathers are just powerless to stand and watch as their daughters wear this or don't wear that with no authority to speak into that at all. Where mothers are helpless as their sons talk to them however they want, talk down to them, talk against them, just flat out ignore them, a helplessness of parents toward children. Where advertisers skip over mom and dad and they jump right in front of the kids because they really know who truly holds the power of the purse strings in the family and they'll make an appeal directly to them because we've turned our families upside down, we've gone the way of the world, that's the world we live in. We live in a world where a child can go to school and declare his or her gender and take steps to reverse the God-given order of how God made them. And the schools in some places are obligated to what? To withhold that information from whom? From mom and dad. And so in our context, this is a serious, this is a serious warning here, a serious command, because Christians, we must live differently than a broken world around us. There is something badly wrong, badly wrong, very broken. There is, some, there is decay in the household of God if we don't look different than the world around us. And in this case, it is very important that we order our households the right way. I saw a story of a five-year-old boy driving down the expressway and Oregon the other day pulled over by the state trooper because he was weaving thought it was a drunk driver but it wasn't he was five years old had stolen his mother's keys had three dollars in his pocket and was headed to California to buy a Lamborghini if you can believe that <laughs> to the children here today if any of you try that bring me a Lamborghini too uh, <clears throat> he'd had an argument with his mom and she said no you cannot have a Lamborghini he got her keys, and he headed south to California to get himself one. Listen, we cannot afford, parents, we cannot afford to vacate 
the seat that God has prepared for us and to turn the wheel over to our kids. But that's what's happening. It's happening. Let us reorder our thinking. If you're a Christian child today, you have a God-given personal obligation to obey your parents. Those who were baptized this morning, the starting place for you to really follow Jesus is right here in your own family. You have that obligation. If you're a Christian parent today, you have the responsibility to step into the shaping role of authority and enforcement that God has not lightly entrusted to you. Nobody else can do this for you, especially not your kids. They cannot do it for you. Don't leave them driving that car. The need to obey is clear here, but also we see the call to obey, the call to obey. Children, obey your parents how? In the Lord. For children, obeying your parents is a big part of following Jesus. I mean, it's a, this, this, this word in the Lord here signifies that when you do this, kids, you're not doing it only to your parents. You're doing it as an act of obedience to the Lord. This is a part of your personal, your personal relationship to God. And when you do it, you honor God and you grow in God and you please God and he blesses you. And when you don't do it, it's not just a matter of talking back to mom and dad. When we don't do this, children, you are rebelling and sinning against God. And that is a big deal. It's a part of being a Christian. When uh, I was off recently on a Sunday, and I made the choice to go to church in Pendergrass, Georgia, I saw a couple of y'all there, and I was highly disappointed. Uh, but uh, <coughs> just kidding, I was really glad to see you. But I went there, and it's a, a church near my house, right next door to my house, actually. I went up there and worshiped with them, a small church. Um, a lot of good people in that church. I noticed something. Uh, there were people of all kinds of different ethnicities in this place. And apparently the area we moved into, uh, there's a neighborhood right down the street, a subdivision, and there's a battery plant right over the way. Apparently, I, I think for jobs, it has attracted people from all over the, the world to, to come and work and to live in Pendergrass. And so there I was, and there was a, a Korean family there. Uh, there was a man from the French Congo who only spoke French. They only spoke French. They don't speak English. In fact, they came to the Randall's church, and the first time they came, they said, do you have a French service? And Randall said, well, some people think I speak French, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> but, but he said, no, we, we don't have a French service. And guess what? They kept coming back and coming back anyway, right? There was uh, somebody there from the Dominican Republic, and and from other places, too. I met them and shook their hands and spoke to them. The most they could do is, is take cues from my, my nonverbals and from my gestures. And they smiled graciously without understanding a word that I had said or a word of any worship song that had been sung or a word of the sermon or the announcements of that day. And I pondered this. I was convicted by it. In an age where Christians are apt to just leave a church, why? Because the music isn't uh, exactly to their liking, or the bathrooms aren't perfectly up to date, or something is inconvenient and uh, it doesn't personally suit them. In an age where that's 
uh, our attitude many times in the American church, there are these people who so love Jesus that wherever he places them, if the people of God are gathered, there they will be among them. Not understanding the language, but there in the midst of them. It's a part of them being a Christian. They're going to do it. And kids, it is a part of you being a Christian that you obey hypoacuo, not some loose affiliation, not if I want to, not if it pleases me or makes sense in my mind, the same mind that might make copies of a blank sheet of paper, if it, if it makes sense to me, no. We, we order ourselves under our parents' vocalizations. What they say to do, we do it. That's part of you being a Christian. Listen, one of the first and primary steps of our kids growing in Jesus of them walking in the light of new life, of maturing into the type of people and the fullness of purpose that God desires for them is that they are taught to obey their parents. And if we miss this, we miss a lot. But thirdly, we see the reason to obey. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Don't you love the simplicity of that? For this is right. If you're a parent, you know very well the question why. And if you're a kid, you know very well the question why. You get that question a lot, parents. Why? Why are we going here? I tumbled my lawnmower, my riding lawnmower, down the back hill of our house when, I, when Jackson was a baby. Like a, like a dummy. I was a dummy. But anyway, I tumbled it down there, and it was down there in the briars, and I was trying to get it out, and uh, mad as all get out. And Jackson came down there and said, like, Dad. What happened? I said, the lawnmower turned over. He said, why? I said, well, I was riding on the hill. Why, Dad? Were you riding on the hill? I said, well, I'm trying to get the grass mowed. Why? Were you trying to get the grass mowed? Uh, Dad, are you bleeding? I said, yes, I'm bleeding. He said, why? I was like, ugh, right? <laughs> the reason why here, uh, the, the question why here is, is potentially posed, hypothetically posed, and the Bible answers that question. Do it in the Lord, for this is right. A very simple answer, an appeal to just general revelation or, or general knowledge. Anybody in all history, in all places, can look around. You don't have to have the Word of God to know that the little things obey the big things, right? The, the children obey the parents. Why should I do this? For it is right. It is, it is recognizable, my grandfather uh, had a, a phrase, he had several phrases, and many I can't pronounce here in this place, but uh, uh, one is, he said, boy, he would say, boy, you ain't right, right? I would climb up in a tree, get my foot stuck, and pull my foot out of my shoe, and come down scared and crying, and way up at the top, there's my shoe in the fork of a branch. I'd say, granddaddy, you know, he'd just look at me and say, boy, you ain't right, right? <laughs> you know what that means, you ain't, you ain't right. That makes <laughs> we we all kind of uh, get that, don't we? You ain't right. Um, why why should we obey our parents in the Lord? Because it is right. It makes sense. Uh, you look around the the world; uh, it's just right. But also, it's morally right. 
the Bible goes on in verse 2, not to point only to general knowledge for it is right, but to go back to Exodus 20 and say, just go back and remember the, the, the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments all the way back in Exodus. Is this some new thing that God dreamed up for the New Testament or that he just wants for us today? No, this is all the way through Scripture. You want to look at the book of Proverbs, you'll find so much about this topic. He refers back to that. It is not only right just because it is. It's right because it is morally right. God commands it, and what God commands is right. And the citation here is to honor your father and your mother. Children, obeying your parents is something designed and given to you by God's own loving wisdom. He did it. Who, who says Pastor, who says this has to be so? God says. This is the same God whose goodness is running after, running after. Praise God, it's running after me. A God we can trust. A God we may not understand always. A God we may not like his, his ways always. We don't want to obey always. Parents, we don't always want to enforce. We want to be friends. Dads, we want to be passive. I mean, if, if you got a recliner in your house, you know the gravity of that recliner. It just sucks you into it, right? We want to be passive. We don't want to be leaders. But God is calling us to do that. And the one who says so is the one who has loved us and cares for us. It's his own design. It's his own loving wisdom. And he means it for you as a good and as a blessing. Even when, kids, you cannot see it. We obey our parents, because it is right. And God has left no question about that. But lastly, we see the blessings for obeying. The blessings for obeying. The Bible says here this is the first commandment with a promise. This is a kind of a notation that the Apostle Paul, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, uh, mentions that this is the first commandment with a promise. And if you flip back to Exodus 20, you see that exactly there is a promise that goes with it. And here's the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. The, of all the commandments, this is the commandment with a promise. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well for you and that you will live long, the King James says, on the earth or in the land. You will live long. There's uh, conditions attached to this. You, you obey your parents. You honor your parents. Listen, the blessings of God follow in that. This is mentioned uh, of quality of life, that it may go well for you, that your life will be rich with blessings, that, 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 that there will be a generational deep uh, rewards that come and that last because of a right relationship between children and between their father and their mother. You see this if you're watching. Are there exceptions to this? Yes. But, but, but a general rule, this promise and this command, you can recognize it if you look for it. Those who regard their father and mother and, and, and parents who do the hard work to order their household rightly under God, there are blessings that come with it. It would go well for you. Does that mean you get your perfect job that you set your sights on and the right score on the test and entrance into the university you want him? No. 
doesn't necessarily mean that. But you will see the blessings of God in your life, the things that God pours out on you, and that you will live long in the land or live long upon the earth. Not only quality of life, but length of life is even connected to this right ordering of our relationship. We see blessings that are both natural and divine. There are just natural, you might even say just outcomes to doing things right. There are, there are, there are right outcomes to, to waiting until you are in a godly married relationship to explore sexual intimacy. Is that difficult to do? Yes, of course it's difficult. But there are right outcomes that if you do this, there are right outcomes. But there are also divine blessings that come when we do things God's way as well. Right outcomes, natural outcomes, and divine blessings. We were at the beach just a few weeks ago. We like to go to a place called Thomas Drive Donuts. Anybody go there? Or Thomas Donuts. It's right there. Yeah, little shacky-like place across from the beach. They've got good donuts and expensive donuts. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> they also, in the evenings, they have ice cream. We went there to get ice cream one night. And we were there on their little kind of raised deck patio wood picnic tables and sticky, you know, sticky snow cone stuff everywhere. Be careful where you put your arms and all this. And we're out there sitting, and we went up to order, and I ordered a little cup of sherbet, right? Rainbow sherbet. We pronounce it sherbet in the South, right? Even though there's no, the, the second R does not exist, you know. It's like sherbet or sherbet, right? We'd have to ask Randall. Uh, it's, it's French, I think. But um, it's a... Uh, it, it, but we say sherbet, I ordered a little cup of one scoop of sherbet, and I was waiting up there, and the lady pushed something out there on the counter. They're not very friendly at Thomas Drive Donuts, and she pushed something out there, and she looked at me and said, did you order this? I said, well, what? She said, did you get the double caramel sundae with nuts and whipped cream, two scoops? I looked around at other people waiting. I said, yes, I did, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's not really what I said. I, I, I said my wife got that. No, but, uh, no I, I said, no, ma'am, I didn't. She said, well, would you like it? I said, you bet. I'll take it. She couldn't find who it went with, and there it was melting, and so she gave it to me, and I took it back to the table. And guess what I took with me? My little cup of sherbet, right? I got both. And there I was. <laughs> I had my sherbet. Why? because I ordered that. I went there, I looked, I asked for it. I worked here at the, my job before I left and earned money and took that with me and, and I took it down there and I walked up to the counter. I did the steps necessary to get the sherbet, right? That was my outcome for what I did, a natural outcome. But also, listen, I got blessed with holy manna that day, right? <laughs> A, uh, there was a blessing that came with it. When, uh, the Bible puts a picture here for us that it may go well with you. There's natural outcomes. You do things right and right things happen most always. In a sin and a broken and a fallen world, certainly there are times you say, I did the right thing and I got crushed anyway. But generally, you do the right thing and right outcomes happen but in this case, that's a part of it. You get your sherbet, 
but also you may live long in the land. They're divine blessings of God. The promised land, you get to live there. You get to live under, under his blessings. You get both natural and divine. Most of us would never deprive our families of blessings, would we? I mean, you'd never deprive your families. You could get them something if it's healthy and good. You would do it and you want to do it. We don't want to deprive our families of something good. We seek blessings for them. But when we practice our own way in the parent-child relationship instead of this way, when we practice our own way instead of this way, that's exactly what we're doing. We're depriving them. We're depriving us a blessing, both rightful outcomes and the blessed hand of God upon our lives. Do you want the rich reward and lasting promises of God for your family? Then don't neglect God's loving command here in Scripture. It is not weird in the order of God's thinking for parents to expect their kids to obey and for children to obey your parents. The Bible started before we launched into these chapters with a simple command, walk in a manner worthy of the calling that you've received. Are you walking worthy in this area? Worthy of the calling that God has already given to you, the calling to eternal life. Kids, as you grow, that's going to mean so many different things. But right now, children, right now, little friends, what it means primarily in your world is do what your mom and dad tell you to do obey your parents and parents for us it means doing the often difficult work of being obeyed it's not easy it's not clear and we're going to mess it up but why don't you try let's try to do this together as in all things it is worth it when we do it god's way let me pray for us i'd love to offer you in a few moments a chance to respond Maybe you don't necessarily need to respond or feel a need to respond over what we've talked about today. Maybe you do. Maybe you do. Well, there's no place of deeper hurt. There's no place of deeper pain than in the parent-child relationship. Maybe you need to come today and just plead with God for something, for healing, for peace, for restoration, for something to happen some way for your kids, for your parents, for your relationship. I'd invite you to come and kneel down on this floor and pray pray to God for that maybe you come for some other reason if you want a great example of obedience to parents we need to look no further than the son of God himself because when God sent him to atone for our sin to secure our salvation it was no pleasant thing that Jesus did but the Bible says he was obedient he became obedient to the point of death even the death of a cross it was this type of obedience. That's the reason you can have salvation today. And so today, if you're not saved, you've never given your heart to Jesus. You don't know the hand of blessing of God because you've never walked with him in faith. Wouldn't you come today and say, God, because of the obedience of Jesus Christ, not because of anything good I've done, because I'm not good but because of his obedience to the cross, I claim salvation forevermore. You can come and be saved this morning.
on a morning we talked about obeying parents, you could be saved and never turn back. Maybe you come for church membership or baptism or for some other thing. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But when he speaks, he's worth listening to. And when he says move, you ought to move. Lord, thank you for the word of God, for trusting it to us today. Oh, how we are not worthy. Oh, how I'm not worthy to stand and handle these things and to talk about these things. But God, it's not about me. This is about you. It's about your people walking your way for your glory, for your gospel, for the lost that you dearly love and want to bring in. Let us walk worthy and shine in a way that no one can ignore. Jesus makes a difference. Let us make that known. We pray this in Jesus' name this morning. Amen. As we stand and sing, maybe you would respond today.